Welcome, warriors. In this week's episode, I'm talking about a recent scare with a TIA. Many people write TIA on a social post when they're asking a question, and they're appreciative of any answers to be received in advance. They're saying TIA, thanks in advance. That is not what I am discussing today. Grab a tissue, because we're talking about something scary today. Let's rock. Does your past haunt you? Maybe you're in a storm that feels like it will never end. Are you fighting a battle that's rendering you hopeless? Maybe you feel like you're fighting alone, but your battle was not meant to be a solo endeavor. You were meant to be a warrior among warriors. My name is Heather, and I grew up thinking my battles were nobody's business until I found myself in an abusive marriage and felt cut off from all avenues of help. In this podcast, you will hear warriors' words. They will tell you of their battles, both won and lost, their journeys, and their lessons learned along the way. But we don't stop there. These warriors will share how they have applied those lessons to go from warrior to survivor to thriver. Whether it's an abusive marriage, illness, mental health crisis, or any number of traumas this world dishes out, these warriors will use their words to help you find the beauty in your broken, move beyond your battles, and become the thriver God created you to be. Pick up your sword or boxing gloves and join the battle. Your words are powerful, my friends. Make them warrior words. Welcome back to the Warrior Words Podcast. Let me jump right into today's review. This one is from... Handmade by Angel. Overcomers unite. Thank you, Heather, for listening to your leading to start this podcast. So many women need to know they aren't alone and there is hope. You have created a place for others to share their stories of overcoming great giants in their life so that others can follow in their feet. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Angel. I appreciate you confirming what I'm doing here. So today's episode, um, recently I was, I was sitting in front of my computer and a, and a funny thing happened. Uh, okay. It wasn't exactly ha ha funny, but it was a weird yet scary funny. Is, is that a thing? I don't know. Um, but it's, it kind of feel like it is cause it's what came out when I wanted to describe this in words. Um, I was looking at a spreadsheet when each of my eyes started seeing different things. My left eye saw it normally. My right eye somehow saw the spreadsheet at an angle. I blinked a few times thinking it was, you know, it was just a fluke, but it didn't change. I was clearly seeing two different positionings of the same image. Nothing like this had ever happened to me before, so I thought the best thing to do was to call my primary care doctor. I closed my right eye and found the number using only my left eye um, and then clicked the call button. When the woman on the other end of the phone picked up, I, I told her my doctor's name and that I was having vision problems. She told me to hang up and call 911. At this point, I started panicking. I must have said it out loud and it got my son's attention because he was, he was in the room with me. He came and sat down next to me to ask what was wrong. I told him to dial 911 and, and he did. Now I had another symptom. The right side of my tongue started feeling tingly. When the 911 operator came on the line, I had a third symptom. The right side of my lips were now tingly. I was getting even more scared. As I was describing everything to her, a fourth symptom 
the thumb and my the two neighboring fingers on my right hand were also now tingling. By now, many of you may know where I'm going with this stroke. The 911 operator started going through the stroke protocol with me after assuring me that the ambulance was on its way. I wasn't sure that knowing there was a possibility I was having a stroke was any more comforting than not knowing what was happening at all. She gave me some, like, some directions to follow uh, while I was waiting for the ambulance, and, and then we hung up. Ironically, at that point, all oh, my symptoms were gone. The whole incident lasted about 10 minutes. I felt fine and a little silly, but now I started hearing the siren. When they came in, they asked me a few questions and then pretty much told me I needed to go with them. Of course, I was free to refuse, but they didn't advise it. My son grabbed a laptop and I grabbed a book and I got a soon to be very expensive chauffeur driven ride to the hospital. On our way, they did the stroke protocol again and assured me I was doing fine. Not sure what that meant, I just accepted it. In the ER, I was treated to all sorts of tests, including a CT scan, and about uh, four or five hours later, I was told I needed an MRI of my brain and that I would have to stay overnight. Not what I had planned for that day. Within the hour, I was removed from my ER room, which had a door, and placed in an annex of the hospital, which just had a curtain. And that was where I would spend the rest of the night and into the early afternoon of the next day, because they had no rooms available at the hospital, which means they never admitted me. I don't know. We'll see if the bill's any less expensive because of that. Who knows? Toward the middle of the night, I was treated to an echocardiogram. And bright and early the next morning, I got to have another CT scan. I'd have to wait a few more hours before I finally got to that MRI they told me was necessary the night before. When all their tests were done, here's what I learned. I had high cholesterol. I already knew this because I was literally in a nutritionist's office 24 hours before taking that ambulance ride. We had made a plan to gradually shift into a heart-healthy lifestyle. I also learned that my heart was in great shape, praise God. <laughs> but the eventual, eventual diagnosis was that TIA I mentioned at the beginning of this tale. And TIA stands for transient ischemic attack. In other words, a mini stroke. The doctor said I should have no damage as a result of this. However, my lifestyle had to change and I now have to take a baby aspirin a day for the rest of my life. But there's that phrase again, the rest of my life. I used it in episode three when I talked about the gift cancer gave me of lymphedema, that I'd have to manage that for the rest of my life. Now I get to add this as something else I get to manage for the rest of my life but I have a rest of my life. Is it an inconvenience? Sure, sure. But I'm still breathing. My heart is still beating. And I am here speaking into a microphone, <laughs> recording a podcast episode on video, no less. So um, if you're listening to this in your podcast player, 
head over to YouTube because I'm now on video. Who would have ever thought? But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm not saying that none of this, um, none of this, uh, yeah, I'm not saying that none of this is an inconvenience and that none of it bothers me, but the rest of my life, sometimes, I don't know, I wonder, will other rest of my life situations be viewed the same way? I don't know, but I'm human. And I react as a human does, and sometimes these rest of your life situations are bothersome. Sometimes they're inconvenient, and sometimes they're worrisome. I guess worrisome, bothersome, kind of the same thing. Um, but as of this moment, right now, sitting here recording this, I am alive and I am functioning and I am so grateful. I am so grateful. Okay. And on that heavy note, I want to inject a brief commercial here. <laughs> I have two things. Uh, first, I have a new email list. And I would love for you to sign up for it. Um, I, I, I don't spam. It's like once a week, I'll let you know when the new podcast episodes are, are released and my new YouTube videos are released. Um, you know, it, just announcements, things like that. So you go to subscribepage.io forward slash pearls of wisdom. And I'll be in your inbox once a week or so. Second thing is, that YouTube channel I just mentioned, it's called Beauty and the Broken, similar to what I talk about here on the podcast sometimes. Um, it is a YouTube channel where I create pieces of art out of resin and paint. If you like art and creativity, I'd love to have you come and subscribe to that channel. Just go to YouTube and type in the at symbol. And after that, type in there's Beauty in the Broken, no spaces, T-H-E-R-E-S, Beauty in the Broken. And if you like that content, please hit the subscribe button. Okay, <laughs> commercials are done. Now I want to talk about why my cholesterol was high and why I was in that nutritionist's office 24 hours before my mini stroke. About a week before that, um, I had some blood work done, including a lipid panel. To my knowledge, this had not been done in the last three years at least. I've had a couple of major surgeries during that time, and I guess those weren't necessary tests for those surgical procedures, but I need to back up a couple of steps. I had breast cancer during 2020, um, and I talk about that in episode, what was that, three, four? Three, I think. Um, my reconstruction surgery wasn't deemed um, a necessary procedure at that time, so I had to wait. They put uh, what was called um, a tissue expander um, in anticipation of my reconstruction. Those are not supposed to be in much longer than six months. Mine, two and a half years. <laughs> Crazy. My oncologist at the time was like, we got to get this out of here. Um, so while we waited uh, for, for Clarence to have that operation, my plastic surgeon told me that my BMI was too high for her to safely operate on me. Ironically, I am one of the small percent of people who gained weight 
during chemo. I was expecting to lose weight. You know, when you look for silver linings for, for stuff, I was, that was the silver lining I was looking for, losing weight. But anyway, I digress. So with her approval and my oncologist, I started on a keto lifestyle. For someone with an intense sweet tooth, this was no easy feat. But I eventually got the hang of it and just longed for those cheat days every two weeks. Living the keto lifestyle worked for me. I lost 50 pounds and exceeded my surgeon's expectations. My BMI was a lot lower than her operating threshold. I was encouraged to remain on the keto lifestyle after my surgery because, quote, cancer loves sugar. And I would reduce my chance of a cancer recurrence by staying away from as many carbs and sugars as possible. Even though I know fruits and vegetables are important, oh, always hated those vegetables. <laughs> but I know they're important. And even though my body started craving things, specifically orange juice, I used to hate that as a kid, actually. <laughs> and then I loved it. But my body started craving those things. You know, it started out craving chocolate because that's sweet tooth. But, um, but I started craving fruits things that I was starving my body of. But I just kept plugging away at that keto lifestyle. So two and a half years after starting to eat this way, a doctor finally suggested having a lipid panel done. Now let me pause here and let me say that I don't think, I don't think either of those two doctors were necessarily wrong, but I do wish at least one of them would have done some blood work. After two and a half years, my bad cholesterol was very high. Thankfully, my triglycerides are normal, but that bad stuff was still too high. My primary care doctor agreed that uh, meeting with a nutritionist would be a good place to start. And um, I had actually started an exercise program with my, uh, my new oncologist uh, about three weeks prior to this. Um, so getting hitting it at, uh, at both ends with the exercise and the diet. So like I said earlier, the nutritionist and I thought it would be a good idea to have a gradual change. Unfortunately, a trip to the hospital changes that. And you eat what's on the cardiac menu, carbs and all. If you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen some of my new heart healthy purchases because my grocery list looks a little different now. But the other thing that I have is that I have to, I have to think about things differently now. For two and a half years, Carbs were the enemy, only to be indulged in on those designated cheat days. In fact, the nutritionist actually told me that those cheat days may have saved me. My body learned, and I can use air quotes, uh, my body learned that it was going to get carbs on a schedule. It did what it had to do to keep me functioning as close to right as it could with what I gave it. This has given me... <laughs> A whole new appreciation for how God designed our bodies to function well, sometimes in spite of what we do to them. You may think, given what I've said, that I feel keto is bad, but I don't. It served me well to get down to a healthy weight, which in turn enabled me to have a much needed surgery without dying on the table. But I'm going to qualify that. It is not a heart healthy lifestyle. I should have been monitored. Every doctor I had knew that I was living that lifestyle and no one monitored me, what I ate or my blood levels. 
I can't go back and, and say definitively that I could have avoided that TIA. There's no way to know that for sure. But I do have the evidence now that my cholesterol was too high. And in order for it to get that high, it had to be climbing for a while. If someone had thought to monitor my blood, if I had thought to advocate for myself, this podcast episode might be on a completely different topic. So here's my Thriver Act for this episode. Learn. Learn about how the food you eat impacts your body. Advocate for yourself and for your health to either get education, monitoring, blood draws, whatever it takes. Be active in your own health. Prevention is better than treatment. Let me say that again. Prevention is better than treatment. Now for the beauty. I was honestly feeling pretty broken <laughs> in all this unknown mess. But the woman who did my echocardiogram was an absolute sweetheart. She carried on light, but, you know, but meaningful conversation that helped me remain calm. I know that's part of her job because she can't really have patients stressed out when she's conducting this heart test. But I truly appreciated her kindness. Another kind woman was my night nurse. She listened to my worries and my concerns. She did so without acting rushed, as if there was somewhere else she had to be. While she was in my space, can't call it a room, it was kind of just a back wall and some curtains. But when she was in that space with me, I felt like I was her only patient. She made me feel valued and important, even though I had no idea what was awaiting me the next day. Two truly kind women who, while doing their jobs, ministered to me during a rough night. And then there was the pudding. Yes, I ate chocolate pudding because it was one of the few things on their cardiac menu that I was allowed to eat. And I did not feel guilty. Kindness and chocolate pudding for the win. <laughs> okay, warriors, that's enough for me today. Go out there and be kind to someone. You may never know how much your smile, kind words, or simple patience might mean to someone else, but it could make a huge difference to them. Until we meet again, armor up, fight the good fight, seek beauty, and make your words warrior words. God bless. And as usual, I'm back with a favor to ask. If you enjoy these episodes, would you mind heading to Apple Podcasts and leaving a review for the show? Your star ratings and comments help Apple help other people find me. And that is so helpful for me and the Warrior Words podcast. I love reading your reviews on each episode. Thank you, warriors. <laughs>